2: president teleprompter strikes again that's right the big guy went prime time last night did a pretty good job of reading the teleprompter actually uh, worked in a couple of actual hand gestures and didn't speak any gibberish i don't think and he did say enough though to become the winner of our prestigious weekly award and now it's time for the jerk of the week, starring John Steigerwald. Yep, that's right. The president of the United States is our windows or us jerk of the week for dishing out this pile of hot, steaming horse manure. I
3: need you. I need every American to do their part. And that's not hyperbole. I need you. I need you to get vaccinated when it's your turn and when you can find an opportunity. And to help your family, your friends, your neighbors get vaccinated as well. Because here's the point. If we do all this, if we do our part, if we do this together, by July the 4th, there's a good chance you, your families and friends will be able to get together in your backyard or in your neighborhood and have a cookout and a barbecue and celebrate Independence Day. That doesn't mean large events with lots of people together, but it does mean small groups will be able to get together. After this long, hard year, that will make this Independence Day something truly special, where we not only mark our independence as a nation, but we begin to mark our independence from this virus. But to get there, we can't let our guard down. This fight is far from order. From over, as I told the woman in Pennsylvania, I'll tell you the truth. A July 4th with your loved ones is the goal.
2: Yeah, only four more months, and then there's a good chance that you can have a barbecue in your backyard. But don't invite too many people and make sure everybody's wearing a mask. This is, uh, as I say, four months, yeah, Uh, because you don't want to have any large gatherings because, you know, it'll mean massive death. Of course, down in Arlington, Texas, two weeks from now, there will be 40,000 people gathered for a Texas Rangers baseball game. That's a pretty large gathering, I think. But the big guy and the Democrats just can't give up. They expect you to wait for permission from Dr. Fauci, who's been pretty well exposed at this point as a complete and total fraud, and who's working on establishing himself as one of the major villains of the 21st century. Before you take advantage of any nice weather between now and July 4th and have a cookout, you know, just you have to wait and hear, to hear from the doctor, man. You gotta wait. I don't know about you, but I'm not waiting for the president or the quack in chief to give me the word before I spend time in somebody's backyard. It's hard to believe that there are still people out there who would take any advice from someone who just won the Windows or Us Jerk of the Week Award. The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows
0: R Us, Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why
2: pay double? Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Well, you know, the big guy still hasn't done a press conference yet, so he hasn't had to answer for all his moves to reverse all the accomplishments of the Trump administration. But lots of people are already paying the price, and not just at the gas pump. Uh, when we come back, you're going to hear from Selena Zito, who saw damage done to the people, uh, the, all the damage that was done to people by the shutting down of the Keystone Pipeline. Stick around.
0: Benjamin Franklin once wrote, (laughs) Nothing can be said to be certain, except death and taxes. Uh, hold on there, Benji. You can't even rely on that much thanks to identity thieves. Pardon? Tax forms have all your personal info in one place. And this is the season when it can get emailed, shared, and possibly exposed to identity thieves. They might even try to file your tax return before you do. This shan't stand. No, it shan't. Because LifeLock monitors your info and alerts you to identity threats. If you become a victim, a dedicated U.S.-based specialist will help fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions, but LifeLock helps you keep what's yours. Join today and save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com with promo code SMART. That's promo code SMART for 25% off at LifeLock.com. And remember... 25% saved is 25%
3: earned.
4: It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain straining and bloating again and again. No
5: way. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6 and it should not be given to children six to less than eighteen. It may harm them. Do not take lenss if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking lenses and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor today. You may be able to save on S and make fewer trips to the pharmacy. See if you're eligible to pay as little as thirty dollars for ninety days. Visit Linzess.com or call one eight. L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals.
4: If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. The reviews are amazing as this is one product that actually works. With water, it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can be used in a carpet cleaning machine and it's green so it's safe for your family and pets. Genesis 950 is made in America. If you are tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it's time to buy Genesis 950. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's great for bathrooms, kitchens, floors, upholstery, and grease stains. Consider Genesis 950 before purchasing new carpets. Genesis 950 has great customer service. Order one gallon direct at Genesis950.com to receive a free spray bottle, free shipping, and $10 coupon using code PETS. That's $10 coupon using code PETS. That's Genesis950.com. Discount only available at genesis950.com. Genesis 950, much cheaper than replacing your carpets.
5: In 1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor, she was struggling to make ends meet and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170 foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use. For life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. Twenty five Middle Park, Road, Middle, New York, licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. or corporate Animalist number thirteen thirty five, Rack Animalist number six five two three three. equal housing lender, licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. This is the John Stacker Wall Show
0: on AM twelve fifty and FM ninety two point five. The answer.
2: And the big guy has already made his presence felt uh, in a way, a big way, even though he's been uh, in hiding most of the time since he was inaugurated almost two months ago. Nowhere more so than in Montana where the Keystone Pipeline was being built, uh, until he shut it down, of course, with an executive order. Selena Zito of the Washington Examiner uh, talked to some real people whose lives were affected by that, and she joins us now. Thanks for coming on again, Selena. How are you?
6: Awesome. Thanks for Hey, the sun in national Pennsylvania. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, how about that? Um, so, um, uh, who is Marty Jorgensen, and how has Joe Biden changed his life?
6: Well, he's the head of the union for the pipe workers there, or the oh, I'm Sorry, he's the president of the company for a pipe thing, for a pipe making company for the um, that is part of the infrastructure of the Keystone Pipeline. And uh, he's worked back up in Montana. He's worked there for 31 years. Loved his job. Um, and on January 21st, it was Joe Biden inaugurated. Um, whatever. On that day, everything was just shut off, shut down. And it is basically, you know, just destroyed his company's Ability to, you know, able to meet payroll, um, to be able to keep their um, employees on board, because you know, if there's no pipeline being bit built, they have no pipes to build.
2: Right. Well, um, and, it's, go ahead.
6: It's just, it's just sort of sad. You know, he kept saying, "Look," he kept pointing to aspects of what they do and saying we fall under the build back America better, um, um, part of the Biden, um, platform. And Mm -hmm. he's, you know, putting the papers and he's showing like we fit everything, everything that we do falls within these guidelines. And he's just, he doesn't care. Like he just doesn't care. He doesn't want our industry to exist.
2: Well, um, it, it's pretty uh, scary, actually, or sad. I don't know what the word should be. When the president of the United States, you know, eight minutes after he's been inaugurated as president, can, with the stroke of his pen, do what you just described. It's just, yeah. um, what's he doing, sticking his nose in what's going on in Montana? I, mean, I know it's a national issue and, and all that stuff, but uh, there's something wrong when the president of the United States can get that done in you know less than 15 minutes it would just ruin the lives of people and change the direction of an industry? Well,
6: it changes a, a community in an instant. I mean, you and, you and I are old enough to remember Black Monday. That was the day, September nineteenth, uh, 1977, when all the mills up and down the valley, from Newcastle to Youngstown, all the way down to, to Wheeling, were done. Well, there- they were shut down.
2: Oh, okay uh so i lost you there for a minute Celine. i didn't hear your answer oh. um but i'll assume that oh. the audience did I, I i don't know what happened with my connection there it's been one of those days for me uh but <laughs> that's okay um uh so is this guy marty um is he one of those evil oil people who just come in and destroy the land and then move on to the next location and go destroy some no, more and this is-
6: yeah no and this is something that is incredibly common with people that that work um, not just on the pipeline but also people that work in natural gas and oil industry. Um, these are people that live in the areas where they where they work and they are. Of the people that go fly fishing or trout fishing or smallmouth bass, bass fishing, they, they hunt turkey and deer and bear there. They swim there. They, they, they get their well water from there. And, and so they're the ones that it means the most to that the environment is um, conserved, that it is preserved, that it is taken care of, because they don't want to do all those activities and enjoy the lush, just gorgeousness of Montana uh, and destroy it by their own hands with their job.
2: Yeah, I've, I've not been to Montana, but I've been to Wyoming. And uh, it's one of the best things I ever did was take three or four trips out there. Um, and that's, I think that's why I have an affinity for South Dakota, Wyoming, Montana, because yeah. I've been there and I know what it's like. Uh, and it would be ridiculous for someone like him to want to be a part of anything. That uh, destroys the environment. That's why you stay in Montana. You know that, that's what you're. That's, that's exactly, what you're there for.
6: That's exactly right. And the irony is, is that the people that are complaining, uh, that are making the most noise in our culture. Are people that are sitting in a their bedroom in their pajamas in Los Angeles and blogging about how terrible these people are that that are in the fracking industry or on Keystone Pipeline and then step their little toe into Montana or Wyoming or South Dakota or West Virginia or Pennsylvania? They don't understand that these. Areas that are so rich in natural resources and also so rich in, in outdoor you know the whole outdoor experience um, would never do anything uh, to to harm what they love and live around
2: yeah and and uh, what if the it's not like the oil is not going to come into the United States because they they decided to uh, shut down the pipeline it's still coming
6: yeah, and that's the other thing, so it's still coming. Here, well, in a way that is not as safe as the pipeline. It's coming through rail and diesel trucks. They leave mm-hmm. a larger carbon imprint, um, and they leave smoke and pollution along those beautiful byways um, where the where the oil has to travel.
2: Yeah, and so uh, the oil is um, uh, it's going to get to Texas somehow. From the uh, from the Alberta sands, I guess it's called up there. That's where the oil is coming from. Uh, It's going to get to Texas, and it's going to get into the cars uh, of people uh, like uh, the 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 people that you mentioned who are out in uh, L.A. driving on the freeways out there. Uh, That gas is going to the gas that they make from that oil is going to still end up in their cars, and it's just it's such a um, it's just so ridiculous. For them to just blindly say, well, we can't have that. The pipeline is bad. And, and 99% of those people don't have the first clue about what's involved. They've never yeah. set foot anywhere near Montana, for one thing.
6: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one thing for, for you to have a buggy whip company. and mm-hmm. um, Buggy. But the government yeah. didn't put you out of jo- your job to um, advancement in technology put you out of your job. And that's the natural course in life. But it's another thing for the government to take you out of your job. And they take you out based on the sentiments of the activists that are the loudest in your base. That is what is criminal.
2: Can you talk a little bit more about... uh you pointed out in your piece, and we're talking to uh, Selena Zito, who wrote this piece at the Washington Examiner. Um, some of the other, the collateral damage, you know, to the, to the pipeline being shut down, what's involved out there uh, and the, the people's uh, businesses that uh, are going to go, if they haven't already, are going to go under because the people who are out there working on the pipeline don't have any reason to stay there anymore. They're leaving
6: that that you know people move they have to move away they have to go where the jobs are and that that means the town can dry up it can just completely go away but let's use a comparison locally think about East Liverpool Ohio uh, thirty years ago twenty two thousand lived there and uh, there were a, a lot most of them were employed by by the potteries that were in that town well the potteries with the exceptional one are 10,000 people there, but there's still, um, you know, there's still enough houses for 22,000 people. So that means Mm get homes. That means vacant businesses. That means a a shrinking tax base. Uh, that means the schools suffer and the community suffer because the tax has, has been depleted. That's no different than what's going to happen to these towns um, along uh, the, the pipeline, but also in the places in New Mexico and in Louisiana where the uh, fracking on the federal lands has been halted. Uh, there are bo- booming little towns, charming, picturesque towns. In uh, New Mexico and Louisiana, that that are going to lose their lifeline. There's when you do that, who you know nobody needs to go to the gas station because you know nobody's there. Uh, the same goes for the grocery stores and the restaurants. It, 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 it has a ripple effect that people that aren't living in those towns um, don't consider, and and it's it's a sad. Statement about the ignorance of understanding the economic impact of taking one job away. As when you take one job away, you take about nine.
2: Yeah, yeah, and uh, as Marty Jorgensen, the, the the subject of your piece, the guy you spoke to, uh, pointed out, um, things are different, uh, much different from what the way they were 25, 30 years ago. Things are clean. They're they're conscious of of the um of the uh, people who are against what they're doing and are trying to stop it and 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 the reasons that they're claiming that it should be stopped and they're they're making sure that it's uh that it's it's not messing up the environment it's it's kept clean and uh it's having as little effect as possible on on the uh, on the, the terrain
6: Yeah that's absolutely true and uh and and so there's this this false narrative it's this dirty um you know pollution chugging into the the rivers uh or filling yeah. the skies or leaking into soil and and that that is something that happened it's something that happened when i was a kid it's not something that's happening now since 1970s uh how we um uh, manage these these um these types of um um energy operations and uh safeguards that are put on um you really you know, i mean i bet you someone could drive across the back roads of pennsylvania go on 22 or 30 go across the state and you would never even all the farms that um, have shale drilling on their um property it's just you just yeah. can't see it. it leaves you know right. it, it leaves a, a postage sized footprint there
2: and um uh the other thing is that uh guys like Marty Jorgensen, uh I don't think he's going to go get a job making solar panels as I th- it was uh I think it was uh John Kerry who suggested that as a simple way for all these thousands of people who are going to be out of work to keep working.
6: Uh, John Kerry and Pete Buttigieg um I spoke with yeah. Pete Buttigieg, who is the former mayor of South Bend, Indiana, and you know, dang, he should know better than to say something like that. Um, yeah. uh, said that they need to get climate conscious jobs. Let's talk a little bit about the gap between the day you lose your job and the day you find a quote, climate conscious end quote job. A green um, who job, fills yeah. that gap? Yeah, who fills that gap? Um, you know, how, I mean, that, that job being created and do you know how much people make in this, in the shale and, or in the pipeline industry, you know, they make, they make very good money. My, my last, uh, check uh, a couple weeks ago, right before I interviewed Joe Manchin, I was looking for, um, solar panel jobs in West Virginia and they range between $9 an hour and $14 an hour. That's insulting. Imagine telling John, "Hey, John, so we're gonna to have to take all your money away, and you're gonna to have to work at the Seven Eleven. So good luck yeah. with that."
2: And there, and there, I got about a minute left. And the, those guys out there on the pipeline are making a hundred thousand bucks a year and more. They're making big money. Oh, right? Yeah,
6: absolutely. And and there's a lot of young people like we're down in Waynesburg who are going to the trade schools that are associated from with the high schools and walking out of high school and, and having a very good pay, paying a job that will pay them enough to be able to buy a home within the community they grew up with and to keep that community stronger because it has young people staying there. It also keeps families connected. Those are very integral parts to a healthy and vibrant, vibrant society.
2: Hey, Selena, I'm out of time. Uh, as always, I appreciate you being on. Uh, where are you headed next?
6: I'm heading to Roaring Springs, Pennsylvania uh, tomorrow. I'd love it if people would go to selenazito.com and sign up for my emails. They're free, they're fun, and they're not fattening, and I've got a good story out of there.
2: (laughs) Okay, I'm sure you will. You always come up with good stories. Thanks a lot, as always, for coming on. Great to have you. Appreciate it.
6: Thanks for Bye-bye.
2: Okay, that's Zito. You can find her at the Washington Examiner and uh, selenazito.com, S-A-L-E-N-A. ZITO.com. We'll be right back.
7: With SRN News, I'm John Scott. U.S. deaths from COVID-19 falling again as the nation recovers from the winter surge. New coronavirus infections and hospitalizations have plummeted since January, but the decline in deaths hasn't been quite as steep. Now, after weeks of hovering around 2,000 daily deaths, that figure has dropped to about 1,400 U.S. lives that are lost each day. A community on the Hawaiian island of Kauai is cut off after a landslide cut across a key road. The landslide occurred after heavy rain battered the Hawaiian islands for several days. That highway closure blocks off the town of Hanalei from the rest of the island. Five-term Arizona Democrat Ann Kirkpatrick announcing she will not run for re-election to the U.S. House in 2022. On Wall Street, the Dow gained 293 points. Today, the Nasdaq dropped 78 This is SRN News.
1: Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of besthotgrill.com. We make the Solaire Infrared Grills. Those amazing gas grills that heat up to over 1,000 degrees in just three minutes to provide professional chef quality performance in your own backyard. Now, you won't find them in the big box stores. Solaire is sold only by the finest specialty retailers who recognize Solaire as the only real hot, fast grill. If you live in an area without a Solaire dealer, Solaire has the demo program where you can try a mini version of a full-size grill in your own backyard, grilling the foods you love. It's made with the same design, materials, components, and performance of the big Solaire's, but in a size Solaire can easily ship to you. Try before you buy so you'll know firsthand why Solaire is the last grill you'll ever purchase. Learn more about the demo program and these fantastic USA-made grills at besthotgrill.com. That's besthotgrill.com, besthotgrill.com.
0: Dr. Sebastian Gorka sees cracks in Biden.
3: And I want to thank the, the, the uh, former general, I keep calling him general, but My, the guy who runs that outfit over there.
7: Runs that outfit over there. If you're not
0: disturbed at his inability to remember the phrase Pentagon or Department of Defense, maybe you're suffering from the same thing he's suffering from. America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoon at 3, right before John Steigerwald at 5 on AM 1250.
2: The answer. By now, you've all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's literally changed my life. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want and they maintain their shape. They're made in the USA and for a limited time Mike is offering his premium My Pillows for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen size premium My Pillow for 29.98 that's regularly 69.98 that's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. All My Pillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money back guarantee. Go to mypillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. You will also get deep discounts on all my pillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the my pillow mattress topper, and my pillow towel sets, or call 800-716- 8087 and use promo code STAG. 800 716 8087 Promo code STAG.
0: Receive a $5 rebate by trading up a non-contact thermometer toward an exergen temporal scanner purchased at any retailer. Fever is a leading symptom of COVID, and using an accurate thermometer has never been more critical. In published studies, no touch thermometers miss more fevers than they detect. While the new COVID vaccines are becoming more widely available, it is important to make sure you are protected monitor for fever with an accurate thermometer backed by more than 80 published peer-reviewed clinical studies details at exergen.com where accuracy matters am 1250 and fm 92.5 the answer pgp pittsburgh a division of salem media group listen on the answer mobile app, smart speakers tune in iheart or radio.com stuck in traffic we've got the answer
4: Still looking really solid on the outbound
6: Parkway East Boulevard of the Allies out to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Slowing inbound into the tunnel as well, and your delays into the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West stacking up Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel on the inbound side. Outbound 28 sluggish from Route 8 outbound to the Highland Park Bridge. We're looking good, though, on the Parkway North and on 79. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson.
0: AM 1250, the answer weather
5: tonight we'll see patchy clouds with a low of 26 sunshine and a few clouds to start the weekend off tomorrow will reach a high of 48 clear skies tomorrow night with a low of 32 we'll wrap up the weekend sunday under partly sunny skies it'll be breezy in the afternoon sunday's high 51 monday times of clouds and sunshine the high 41 with your accuweather forecast i'm drew shannon
0: Morning. listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity.
5: The John Steigerwald
0: Show on AM 1250. The answer.
2: Now with all the focus on insurrection, uh, vaccines, the big guy hiding, uh, Andy Cuomo, uh, the Democrats' attempts at serious gun control haven't gotten a lot of attention. Amy Swearer is a legal fellow for legal and judicial studies at the Heritage Foundation, and her specialty is the Second Amendment. And she joins us now. Thanks for coming on again, Amy. I appreciate it.
8: Thank you so much for having me.
2: So what have the Democrats been up to since Biden took over that maybe uh, is, I don't know, could you call it being under the radar, but it's certainly not getting the attention that it might get if it were not for all this other stuff happening?
8: Sure, absolutely. Um, so we I think everyone suspected coming into this new legislative term uh, that there would be some uh, significant pushes for gun control. We've already seen uh, two fairly significant gun bills pass through the House. Um, so they're going to be in the Senate. And then we've also had uh, President Biden sort of release a, a fairly vague, but still um, a, a significant message to Congress saying, hey, look, these are the things I want you to focus on. Um, and so we sort of saw the direction that this is going there. Um, so, again, uh, not entirely unexpected, but this is sort of the first time we're seeing uh, real action by this Congress that isn't coronavirus-related.
2: So it's it's the same old stuff, more background checks, uh, banning semi-automatic weapons, uh, banning high-capacity magazines, and as you've been pointing out for a long time, none of those things make anybody safer, correct?
8: Correct. Uh, so... The big thing, again, that we saw just past the House with It it is an expanded background checks bill. Um, and basically what it does is it takes a lot of risk and temporary transfers and turns them into felonies unless every single time you and whoever you're, you're transferring it to or who's borrowing it, you go down to a gun store in the midst of a pandemic, wait around, pay your fines and fees, wait through a background check, wait through any waiting periods, and then once you get all of your uh, what what, you want that gun back, you have to go and do the same thing again. Um, so this is really aimed at the people who are already fairly law abiding citizens. It's not aimed at where most criminals are getting their guns, which is through the black market, through people who are already willing to sell the felons, which is already illegal, And they're not all of a sudden going to turn around and say, oh, well, the federal government says I need to do yeah. a background check. so I'm not going to sell to you anymore.
2: So, uh, but banning semi automatic weapons just sounds to people who don't know what a semi automatic Mm -hmm. weapon is, it sounds like a perfectly sane thing. Well, who needs one of those? Right? Right?
8: Well, right. So, and this is what gun control advocates will do they will take semi automatic weapons and they'll under terms like weapons of war um, or assault weapons. But really, these are very commonly owned firearms, especially when we're talking about platforms like the AR 15. You have something like 10 to 20 million of these in circulation. And not only are they very, very effective for a lot of law abiding purposes, I mean, the reason that police officers themselves use these when combating civilian threats. I mean, police officers are not offensive, war making individuals, uh, but they're not firearms that are least likely to be used in crime. It's something only like 3% of gun homicides every year are rifles of. So, again, it's geared at a very, very small, insignificant percentage of the problem. It's not getting at the root causes of gun violence in any meaningful way.
2: Yeah, and um, uh, Democrats, they, the the people who are, I shouldn't just say Democrats, but it's mostly Democrats, I guess, and liberals, they don't um, look at the Second Amendment as uh, what it's supposed to be, which is, Uh, protection against tyranny by the government. Mm -hmm. And and the the combination of that and their love for government in general and and just thinking Mm -hmm. innocently enough in many cases that uh, the government is there to help you and only does good things, it it, it only makes sense that they would have no patience for or no interest in that aspect of the Second Amendment, right?
8: I think you're absolutely right. I I mean, yes, there is an aspect of the Second Amendment which is definitely geared towards self-defense, uh, because again, self, the method of, as the Second Amendment puts, um, preserving the security of a free state. But then there is also this, this sort of fail safe, this underlying theory about an armed populace as sort of this last ditch extreme measure against, against any sort of tyranny against the government itself. Um, and that does play an important role that I think often gets overlooked. Um, because again, even if you start talking about, well, are these weapons of war, which they're realistically not, that doesn't necessarily matter for second amendment purposes. That's, that's not a valid second amendment distinction there for purposes of the constitution
2: yeah and and uh, w- the with what's happening now, uh, there's such a divide in the country, and you have a huge percentage of people who think that the election was fraudulent and it was and was stolen from them. Uh, you have people talking about secession in Texas and and not being left off the stage. Um, it, the, the, I, I don't know about you, but I just notice a lot more references being made to that part of the Second Amendment. Uh, and uh, and and people actually out actually going out and buying more guns for the purpose uh, mm-hmm. because they think that they're going to need them against the government. I don't know if you're getting that same impression, but I sure am.
8: Well, I think that that's always been uh, you know sort of the, the cycles of how gun control and and corresponding rhetoric works. We are seeing a little bit of that, though. I, I will say, just on a broader scale, what we what we've seen from 2020. Uh, With all of the the uncertainty, whether it's coronavirus, whether it's rioting in cities, whether it's concerns about the election, we've seen a lot of people for the first time possibly in their lives realize and and fully understand just how fragile civil society is, just how fragile these these sorts of um, things that we rely on, public services, uh, the fire department, the police department, Um, that those things are are very fragile. And that, you know, in, in sort of the blink of an eye, we can go from, oh, the police will always you know, misnomer to begin with, to, wow, I don't know if the police are going to show up if there's rioting in the city. Um, so I, I think a lot of people saw that for the first time. That's why we've had roughly 8 million first-time gun owners in 2020. I, I think people really took note of that.
2: Yeah, I guess when, when you start hearing about uh, defunding the police uh, and abolishing the police, I guess the, your natural inclination would be, especially if you live in a neighborhood where there's high crime. Uh, well, I guess I better go get myself a gun or another gun or some more guns, right?
8: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, along with that, you had uh, people who weren't necessarily pro-gun or pro-Second Amendment, um, who might have even voted for gun control in the past in places like California, who all of a sudden you know, looked around and said, well, I really want to own a gun. I'm, I'm in fear for my life. I'm in fear for my safety, for my community. And then they went in to go try to leave with a gun that day. And all of a sudden, they're coming face to face what a 10-day waiting period is. This is what happens when you have to wait 60 days to get a Floyd card, for example, if you're in Illinois. Um, so they're coming face to face with gun control for the first time realizing, wow, maybe what this is doing is actually keeping law-abiding citizens from being able to, to effectively use their Second Amendment rights when they need them the most.
2: We're talking to Amy Schwerer. She's a fellow for legal and judicial studies at the Heritage Foundation. She writes uh, for the Daily Signal. Uh, and, Amy, I apologize for that. That static you're hearing is not your phone. Uh, we have an issue with this uh, that um, we're, we're dealing with. We can't fix it on the fly here right now, so I'm just having to put up with it. But I apologize to you and the listeners for that every once in a while. I don't know if you're hearing it, but there's some static popping in every now and then. Um, so... Uh, what are the latest numbers on how many times uh, guns are used in self-defense? I know you guys keep track of that.
8: Sure. So this is a number that th- this is not from us. This is not something that uh, you know some individual pro-gun group has put out there. This is actually a number that the CDC in 2013, not exactly a pro-gun organization, was that mm-hmm. all of the various studies on defensive gun uses, and what they found is that the overwhelming majority of them, found that it's between 500,000 to about 2 million times a year. Um, I I think probably the the more accurate numbers is about a million times a year. And that's an incredible number of times every year that again, law abiding Americans are relying on their second amendment rights to enforce and to protect their other rights, their rights to life, liberty, property, those sorts of things. Um, so it it really is just an incredible number. If you go to the daily signal and to, to heritage, we've compiled, um, We've got an interactive map. It's our defensive gun use database, where you can play around with it, see some of the, the publicized ones that have taken place in your state and your neighborhood, um, so that you can really get a feel for just you know how often and and what types of scenarios just everyday Americans are finding themselves in, where their guns save their lives and the lives of others.
2: Now, uh, at the Daily Signal, the, which I said as I said is the Heritage Foundation's publication. You do publish examples of how guns have prevented crime. Uh, can you give us some examples, some of your favorites in that group that you uh, published?
8: Sure. So we actually just published earlier this week um, some examples from last month, so February 2021. Um, and if you look at some of those, we actually saw, one, a, a possible mass shooting being thwarted. Um, some people might have seen this on the news down in Louisiana. An individual who got angry at a gun store and opened fire. And you had several armed employees and, and also just armed civilians who were able to stop that threat to the public. Um, and a number of, in recent memory, women who were victims of domestic violence. Um, so, in, in this last case, we, we talked about uh, the, this woman who her abusive boyfriend had actually showed up to work earlier that day, threatened her with a gun at work. Um, and then when he showed up later that night at her house, uh, he got into a violent confrontation with her long before the police could get there. And she ended up being able to, uh, fortunately, defend herself uh, with that firearm from this man who was trying to cause her physical harm. Because if she had been waiting for the police, it, it would have been too long.
2: Shot and killed him, right? Sorry? I think she shot and killed him. If I, I, she did. Is that? Yes,
8: yeah She, she did. Uh, she was able to use lethal force uh, against that man. And, and fortunately... Um, was able to walk away from that.
2: Now, what about the uh, the other argument you hear from people is that you know if, if you're carrying a gun, there's just as much chance that you're going to get hurt by the gun yourself, mm-hmm. or or you are going to suffer some kind of injury because you decided to carry a gun. How often does that so,
8: happen? So, just like with any sort of you know whether it's knives, cars, whatever, there's always an inherent risk to basically anything. Um, Now, it is not the case that, you know, if you are a mentally, emotionally stable adult who is fairly responsible citizen, who's not engaging in unlawful conduct, you know, not a member of a gang, not selling drugs, um, that you actually don't have a very high risk of being injured by that gun. Um, Now, if you are someone who's in the midst of a mental health crisis, who is engaged in criminal activity, yes, sure, just like with anything else, your risk goes up, and we should focus on removing guns from those dangerous situations. Um, but overall, again, if you are not engaged in criminal activity, if you are in a mentally, uh, emotionally stable place, it is actually much more likely that you are going to use that firearm in self-defense, or you know, maybe you're not using it in self-defense, but it never actually harms you when you just had it there for protection just in case. Um. So again, it's, it's really the risk factors for gun violence that we should be concerned about and not necessarily the presence of the gun itself. That's not what is actually making the difference there. It's the risk factors along with that gun, just like it would be risk factors, sort of tool, um, knife, uh, bomb, yeah. anything like
2: that. Now, um... These uh, to get back to what the Democrats are trying to do now, and again, I think it's been pretty much under the radar because of all this other stuff going on. Um, what about the, the these these things passing uh, constitutional muster? Especially, and again, as part of that, uh, with this Supreme Court, the, do we really know what to expect from these people?
8: Uh, especially some of the more extreme measures like an assault weapons ban, something of that nature, um, you know, I, I think there is still a chance that it gets held up in the Senate with things like uh, the background text bill, things that are um, what we would consider sort of less extreme, um, but still controversial. Uh, you know, I'd like to say it's, it's probably a, a case of WWJMD, what will Joe Manchin do? Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's sort of this waiting game. Um, you know, and it's, it's hard to say. What, what we do know is that, you know, anytime legislation like this gets passed, it doesn't automatically right away to the Supreme Court. It sort of percolates in the lower courts and it takes time and it's a complicated process. Um, and so really once, once you start throwing these things to the courts, it becomes much more complicated and the, the, the easier route, um, if you're someone who is you know, interested in Second Amendment rights, is to try to stop that before it becomes law, rather than have the court try to deal with it. Um, so, yeah. we, again, we'll have to see what happens in the Senate, but um, depending on the bill, who, who knows?
2: And Joe Biden has also talked about um, make, making the gun manufacturers liable for mm-hmm. damages caused by their product. What Are the, uh, are the Democrats still pushing that?
6: So they they are.
8: So normally when when people uh, talk about this, what they mean is repealing a law from 2005, which said, look, you you don't get to even attempt lawsuits that try to hold gun manufacturers, gun sellers responsible for when a third party criminally misuses that gun. So you can still sue gun manufacturers for things like if the gun explodes in your hand um, or if they misrepresented sort of how the gun works. Um, because what was happening
6: was uh,
8: during that time, prior to this law, one of the ways that gun control advocacy groups would try to kneecap, uh, a, a waffle industry, the, the gun manufacturing guns industry was to just overload them with these frivolous lawsuits. So finally Congress stepped in and said, no, you can't even file these lawsuits anymore. You don't get to try to, to hamper down the gun industry in these lawsuits. So that's what they're talking about it, it has nothing to do with public safety or anything with legitimate uh, lawsuits uh, re- regarding public safety, it's really just trying to make sure that the gun uh, control industry can mire down a lawful uh, gun industry. Um, and so, you know, there's a unique protection for them, but that's generally because there was a unique assault on that industry in this way.
2: Finishing up with Amy Schwerer of the uh, Heritage Foundation. Amy, a uh, piece that you wrote also, you talk about how this is a, uh, taking guns away affects women uh, and their ability to defend themselves. How is this a, uh, an issue specifically for women that that's that important for them?
6: Well, so
8: when you're dealing with firearms, you're dealing with this concept of, of death or protection or, or violence at a distance, um, that you're actually now giving a an advantage to people who might be smaller or more at risk. Um, so you're, for example, taking uh, a, a woman who just statistically on average might be weaker, smaller um, than uh, a male attacker, and you're now giving her an advantage she didn't otherwise have against him, if, if it were just, you know, man on woman, for example. And you actually see how this plays out, how um, actually protective these firearms can be when you look at studies that have looked at things like um, rape completion percentages. It actually goes down dramatically when the woman has a firearm and fights back versus when she does not have a firearm and tries to fight back. Um, you, you see this too, just generally across the board, um, that statistically, if you're a victim of a crime, you are more likely to get injured if you fight back, unless you have a firearm, in which case it is actually statistically more likely that you be injured and will be able to protect yourself. So again, when you sort of play that across the board, this is actually very, very good for, for women or really for anyone who is, you know, that they will be targeted for whatever reason, who's afraid that they might not be capable of, of fighting back in a physical fight. Um, or for anyone who's afraid that they're going to be outnumbered. Um, you know, again, when, when you have a good person defending their rights and they're able to do that at a distance, they're less likely to be injured and more likely to protect themselves.
2: Hey Amy, I'm out of time. I was going to ask you what kind of gun you carry, but I'll try. I'll I'll hold that till next time. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for being on as usual.
8: Thank you.
2: Okay, that's Amy Swear of the uh, of the Heritage Foundation, and we will be right back. Some home repairs just can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. Well, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald, With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters, and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew, so don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar bank get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office choose from 100 percent vinyl commercial aluminum wood and composite and to show their appreciation to stag fans everywhere you'll also get 10 percent off your total project when you mention this show get 12 months no interest no processing fee and 10 percent off backed by the best warranty in the industry schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windows us pittsburgh.com That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Over 10 years ago, we realized how important saving family memories was, and we wanted to help. Legacy Box started from that passion
1: and has now helped over 850,000 families digitally preserve their film reels, VHS tapes, and photos. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Adam. What started with the two of us in a garage is now over 200 trained professionals. Legacy Box is a safe and secure way to put all your favorite family memories on an easy-to-view digital format like a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. We ship you a sturdy Legacy Box to fill with all your outdated media, safety barcodes to track your items throughout the process, and a prepaid mailing label legacy box has been featured by good morning america and the today show not bad for two kids in a garage that's true nick and here's the best part we always wanted to make it affordable to preserve your entire collection so we're offering 40 percent off go to legacybox.com lbox to take advantage of this exclusive offer that's legacybox.com lbox to save 40 legacybox.com slash lbox
0: the john Steigerwall wall show am 1250 the answer uh.
2: Well, we only have about a minute and a half left for this week. Uh, thank you for listening for the week. And um, who knows what's going to happen next week. Uh, and there's just uh, Governor Cuomo came out today. And uh, I think when he announced that he had it, uh, when he made the uh, announcement that he was going to have a press conference at one o'clock, uh, people thought he was going to resign. There are up to seven now uh, women accusing him of uh, some sort of sexual harassment or assault. The cops are involved in one of them, uh, and uh, I got a feeling that Andy Cuomo uh, is not going to go away as the, uh, as the big story uh, outside of, obviously, what's going on in Washington. But um, uh, he still survived for another day. In case you missed it, you'll be hearing it tonight on uh, cable shows, I'm sure, uh, where he just pretty much said, I'm not resigning. Uh, you can impeach me if you want, but I was elected to do a job, and I'm going to do it, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, he said there are opinions and there are facts, and uh, you have to wait for the facts. So um, the guy's obviously a creep and a guy you don't want to work for. But whether or not he actually physically uh, uh, sexually assaulted these women, and that's, uh, I guess that's what's going to come out in the investigation. But uh, it's not a good time to be a Cuomo because this has to be making Chris, or sometimes referred to as Fredo, a little uncomfortable every night on CNN. He has to talk about this, or actually he's not allowed to talk about it. But um, we'll see where Andy, Andy Cuomo is next week at this time. I hope uh, you will be here on Monday listening to the show. Thanks for listening this week. Thanks to Mike and uh, Darren for helping out, and I'll see you on Monday. The John Staggerwalt Show is a production of the Antair Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.